Hey there, and welcome to High Vibe In It. I'm Lindsay Robinson, hypnotherapist and success mindset expert. And I'm Kelsey Aida, inspirational author and blogger slash manifesting expert. And we're best friends who are inspired to create a self-development podcast with a spiritual twist. To us, living a high vibe life is all about creating with intention, prioritizing how you feel, and making empowered choices that support your highest potential. Every week, we're here to help you learn how to live a more aligned, inspired life, start owning your power, and manifest the life of your dreams. Visit highvibeinit.com to connect with us on social media and learn about more ways we can help. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now, we have a ton of value to offer you today, so let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. I think I say the same exact thing every time we hop on, which is funny because now it's been like almost 100 episodes. So I'm curious to like go back and listen. Do I always say hello, hello? Do I say, hey, what's up? Like, Lindsay, we should just start it once and say, what's up? (laughs) What's up? (laughs) What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey and Lindsay, (laughs) your homegirls, your spiritual self help advisor friends who are here to bring you some awesomeness today today we are revisiting the theme the ever constant ever evolving theme of self-love and how we can practice more self-love in our daily lives how we can evolve through self-love some traits of people who love themselves and how we can start to work towards those more and the fact of the matter is if you're listening to this show and investing time in your own well-being, you already love yourself. It's, we're not saying, oh, you hate yourself, you suck, get on the self-love bandwagon. It's more of like, oh there's some more ways to practice and go deeper and evolve with it and enjoy it even more. Yeah, because some of us can relate to the idea, well, I like myself, but do I love myself completely? And that's what we're going to kind of Well, let's talk about that because I want to make a distinction between the two. This is a great point. You don't have to like yourself in order to love yourself. Mm -hmm. So naturally in a rational mind, we think like is like level one and love is like level two, but it doesn't actually work like that in the self-love realm because you can love yourself without liking yourself. Okay. So what is an example of what do, you, what do you mean? Yes, because I'll give you an example. Do you mean like this is your physical self? Like I love myself, but I don't like how I look. Is that what you're saying? I mean, it could manifest in that way. So if we want to use that example, it could be like, I love my stretch marks because they represent like this. They helped me to birth this child, but I don't like looking at them. You know, does that make sense? Like you can still love them for the value that they gave you and the reason that they're there, but you don't have to be like excited about it per se. Or a better example is like, okay, so for me, one of my biggest aspects is like my anxious part, right? So of course, I don't like that I have an anxious part. I don't like worrying. I don't like being anxious, but I love my anxiety because it is trying to protect me. It's trying to warn me. It developed from just being yeah. like someone who really cares a lot. It, it means that I'm a person who cares about my life. Um, so for the truth of my anxiety, I love it and I accept it and I take it in as a part of myself, but that doesn't mean that I have to love that I have anxiety or that I have to like it. Does that okay. make sense? So, so let me feed it. Let me just take it back to you and you can tell me if I'm 
saying it the way that you're meaning it. So I feel like what you're saying is you can love yourself as a whole, but you don't have to like every single aspect about yourself to love yourself as a whole. Because the anxiety is just an aspect. Yeah, and you you. don't have to always like yourself. Like, I feel like you're going to feel different about yourself on different days, but that doesn't mean that you don't love yourself. So like, for example, like two days before my period, every single month when my hormones dip and I have like zero serotonin in my brain, I literally think that I suck at everything. I'm so ugly. Mm -hmm. I can't do anything. Nothing is possible for me. And if you know me, this is very unlike my actual true personality, right? For a whole day, I go into this dip and I don't like that I do that, but I love myself for being a woman and holding space for myself going through that experience and just recognizing that this is just my hormonal influx and this isn't actually my truth and I'm just going to write it out. So does that make sense? In that moment, I'm loving myself, but I don't like that about So you're talking about moments, you're talking about pieces, you're talking about aspects. Right. I felt like what you're saying is I love myself, but I never like myself. And so I'm like, wait, Sometimes you can, sometimes you can like and love yourself. Like I really do like myself. I always like myself, but it's opposite for me because sometimes I'm like, but how much do I really love myself all the time? And that I think the, the reason I brought it up in the beginning is because I feel like no matter where you are on the path, whether you are just like, I love myself completely or, you know, where you're like me, where you're like, yeah, I love myself, but how much and how often can I really say that? Um, but I always, always like, my, I think I'm awesome. I think I'm pretty damn cool. And I think anyone who gets to hang out with me is, <laughs> is one of the cool kids too. But love myself, love every part of myself, love, you know, the stuff, like, like you talk about shadow work, we both do a lot. Do I love the shadow parts yet? You know, I think we're all a work in progress, even if you're at the almost top of the mountain, you could still benefit from this episode and still find ways to maybe smooth the rough edges. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And I don't think there's ever a moment or that we should even make it a goal that, oh, I love myself 1 million percent. Now I'm perfect and everything's great. And I never have any inner turmoil. Like what's not going to happen? (laughs) What is your idea of someone who does completely love and accept myself? Is it like Buddha? What is that? (laughs) well it's easy to like love and accept yourself when all you do is like meditate under a tree like it's harder in actual life when you have like relationships and temptations and like trauma and a past so uh, well here's what I can say there are definitely traits of people who love themselves and I do feel like it's on a spectrum of like if you love yourself more often or less often and the goal would be to practice it more if that's like if you care about feeling good you know so yeah so that's what we can go into is like what do you get what do you get when you love yourself and I know a lot of people will be thinking back on what on the benefits they receive from loving yourself but let's let's kind of I guess go back and forth with the kind of positives that you get when you start to notice that you love yourself Yeah. Well, I want to tell a little story that will demonstrate the effects. Love it. So my conscious awakening, spiritual embarkment started after a severe depression. And I became very obsessed with the idea of manifesting because it's like spirituality 101, right? You're like, I can create anything I want. All I have to do Mm -hmm. is think positive. 
I can do it. It's so easy. Oh my God, I'm going to control the fuck out of my life. It's going to be so great. And then you become obsessed with that only to realize, okay, well, why isn't everything that I'm asking for happening right away? I thought that was how it's supposed to work. What's going on? And that was when I got introduced to more of the healing work and releasing your limiting beliefs and working through your personal blockages and changing your identity and doing all the things that you have to do in order to become the person who can sustain and receive the manifestations that you're asking for, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that whole journey of becoming is a healing, aka a self-love journey because people who love themselves ultimately they care about how they feel, they want to enjoy their life. Um, and they want to, I feel like have inner peace, which is similar to like enlightenment. So I feel like enlightenment and self love kind of are tangled up in this little yeah. spiritual personal development web, if you will, and how it's manifested as benefit for me in my life is I'm so much more accepting of all these different parts of myself. I understand myself so much better from doing self-exploration and getting to know what I need and what I want. Um, when you figure out what you need and what you want, you can go towards it more quickly, more directly, without manipulating, without dysfunction. Um, my relationships are all so much better because the the relationship that I have with myself gets reflected to me in my outer relationships and how I treat myself is how I'm going to treat other people. So I just think that I treat myself better. I treat everybody in my life better. Manifesting is much more easy because I'm more in alignment. I'm more healed. I'm always working towards feeling more whole and healed and better, lighter relief. Um, mm. It's changed my life in every way for the better and it's not just like rainbows and bubble baths and eating vegetables. Like self-love is really how can you consciously get to know yourself better, get to know what you need, what you want and what you like and give that to yourself and not, you know, deny yourself of things that you need, want or like and to not um, be dysfunctional in your life where it's causing you pain and suffering and just noticing different patterns and doing different healing work is really, I feel like where the juice is at and it's only benefited me exponentially in every single area of my life. So we have to tell you guys about our favorite meditation app right now, which is the all wonderful Headspace. I don't know if you guys are already using it, but if you aren't, you need to at least give it a try because it is one of my favorites. I've tried them all. What I love about it is it's one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Also, they have really cute, easy to use app. Um, it's full of guided meditations where they really break it down and help you visualize what you're doing so you can be fully immersed in the experience. I always recommend this to people who have struggled with meditation because I think it's one of the fastest and easiest ways to learn how to do it in a way that's actually effective for you. Um, also, they can help you feel better whatever your situation is. So if you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation that's perfect for you. If you have trouble falling asleep, Headspace has wind down sessions that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids, which is so cute and awesome. Headspace approach to mindfulness can help you to reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. 
I seriously love this app and cannot recommend it enough. They are backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, whoa, and over 60 million downloads. So if you guys aren't using Headspace, you need to get on it because Headspace is awesome and it makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash vibin for one month free. That's headspace.com slash V-I-B-I-N with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Go get your free month trial. This is the best deal offered right now. So go to headspace.com slash V-I-B-I-N today. Yeah, I mean, if you have found us one of us or both of us through any pretty much any avenue that you find us through is you've probably come across manifesting or law of attraction. I think that's one of the main roads to find Lindsay and Kelsey. Now, (laughs) if it, so if we're taking that route, which is a huge bulk of what we talk about, the biggest roadblock, if you will, to manifesting what you want is that deep, deep, deep that you might have to go searching for that deep belief that, but do I really get this? But am I really worthy of this? But, you know, do I deserve this? You know, you see other people getting what they want, but could it really happen for me? And no matter how you translate that, it's a self-love thing. It's a self-acceptance thing. It's, it's a, they can, but I can't, you know, on some level, you might not even know that it's happening, but if you're receiving a block of some kind, and it's really hard for you to push through it, I can tell you for sure in my work, chances are 90% of the time, it's a worthiness thing. So if that's always one of the first things that we look at when in in my programs and Kelsey has a whole freaking retreat about it. That's right. (laughs) Guys, it's important. So when we, when we look at this and when we talk about it, it's because like it can hold you back in so many areas. If, if this is something that you need to work on, however, the flip side of it, as Kelsey illustrated if you can begin to acknowledge and give yourself what you want, what you need in the moment and know that you are deserving of getting what you need and what you want. We'll start with getting what you need and then getting what you want becomes easier because you know you deserve both. Then everything becomes easy. Your relationships, your personal successes, how you feel throughout the day, you know, manifesting what you want um, becomes, it's like that, it's like that, releasing that resistance if we're if we're using Abraham Hicks metaphor of like you you want to your instinct is to swim upstream but there's nothing up there it's just your need to kind of work and work and work but the self-love work that you do that is the work and then when you can do that you just kind of float it releases that resistance and you float down to the pot of gold yeah whatever is down there whatever it is you want (laughs) exactly and here's why it's so beneficial and why it works so good from a law of attraction standpoint self-love helps you to create inner harmony yeah inner harmony translates to outer harmony the law of attraction also called the law of mirroring is only going to show you what's going on inside of you Mm -hmm. the more peace and harmony you have inside of you the more peaceful and harmonious your circumstances become it's not magic. It's just the mirroring of life. It wants us to look at what's going on on the inside, but we're so outwardly focused that we're like, Ooh, manifest this, manifest that, create this, create that. It's like, okay, well, where's your starting point? And let's take that information and look inward, not from a judgment standpoint, but from 
a curious, compassionate, intrigued standpoint of, hmm, if this is happening in my life, is this happening internally for me? How can we resolve that? How can we bring healing there? And then boom, that's how you change your life. So I would even argue like self-love is a more direct path to easier manifestation. Like manifesting is so fun and there's so many practices and tools and we're probably always going to talk about it because we love it. But like, this is what it takes to become the person who can easily manifest whatever you want. Step one. Yeah. Like you might as well just start here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I'm such a big like preacher of self-love these days. And people ask me questions about manifesting. And I'm just like, let's take it back to the root. Yeah. Why do you actually want this thing? It's probably going to lead you to a need or a preference. And when you can know that about yourself, know why you've come to need that, know who you are, how you are, what makes you feel better, what makes you feel loved, then it's so easy to create that harmony and healing in your life just up levels naturally without you having to try and control it through aka manifesting every single detail of every single thing (laughs) yeah and we always talk about you know you're not oh you're not really ever trying to manifest a thing you are almost always trying to manifest a feeling that you're going to get from that thing and trying to find you know we also talk about finding ways in your life now that you can manifest that or, or feel it on some level where in your life do you already have this to some extent finding out where that is and living in in that vibration of whatever that feeling is is a practice of self-love and that's a great way to practice it you know find where you can get it now and just do it and feel it and accept it and know that by doing this you are practicing self-love and giving yourself what it is you need and that way you feel it now the universe says oh they like this feeling okay let's bring more of that to them you know rather than constantly chasing and chasing and chasing and you know always chasing for the forever (laughs) Yeah, that's not sustainable or fun. (laughs) Definitely not fun. Yeah, because you can definitely, I think, on the manifesting journey, kid yourself that, oh, I'm creating, but really what you're doing is chasing. You say that you're creating, (laughs) but actually you're just coming from a sponsoring energy. Like, hey, and let's be clear, Kelsey and I are speaking from lots of experience in this area. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) So I want to talk about, some traits of people who love themselves um because we almost were about to touch on it but then we kind of went into some other stuff um and Lindsay, i want to get your two cents too of like when you see certain people how can you know that they love themselves and some like signs that i've noticed in my career doing this work and just in my daily life is that the number one thing that separates someone who loves themselves from someone who doesn't is that people who love themselves first and foremost just really care about how they feel. They really tend to their feelings, their needs, their desires. They go for what they want. Um, They follow their joy. They move towards relief. They are kind to themselves, compassionate to themselves, understanding of themselves. They are constantly getting to know themselves because the better you know yourself, the better your life can be. they are really good to other people, kids and animals, because like I said, your relationships are going to be reflected and you can only love other people like to the degree that you love yourself. And those are some of my big ones. What do you have so far? So as you said, it is a spectrum. And, and I will say 
I don't know how to say this in the right way. That's not going to offend someone. So I'm just going to say it. A lot of people. It's 2021. You're going to offend somebody. Okay. (laughs) If you are offended, I'm very sorry, but what are you going to (laughs) do? So listen, I have noticed a theme in a lot of my clients that come to me. I'll notice that one of the biggest giveaways for, for me making a mental note of like, maybe we should work on some worthiness or self-love is how, as it's so funny. Cause you're like how nice they are to kids and animals. Yes. Perfect. But also to the, to me, a, a sign that they maybe need to work on some worthiness is if they go over and beyond and say yes, when they want to say no, you know, so so yes, being being kind and 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 loving others, yes, of course. However, it is is a very fine line between like that is a sign of self love versus that is a sign of a doormat, and actually the opposite. Right. So, exactly. So I know what it can you're go saying. Either way, too far in yeah. a direction where you're yeah. just not like helping yourself. Exactly. If yeah. you're if you're pleasing others to the point of you feeling like maybe I you know, yeah. If it's depleting you or causing you detriment, then that's that's just a quick, a quick distinction I want to make. But again, I know exactly what you're saying is, Mm -hmm. is the healthy version. I just had to touch on that. And also one thing that I noticed, um, I'm I'm better at noticing the lack of, because it's just where my attention goes. Yeah. So let's go there. (laughs) People who don't love themselves. Or, you know, I would say maybe need to love themselves less or could use a little more self-love. Could use a little support in that area Mm -hmm. um, would be just the very subtle ways of how they talk about themselves. Because it is literally my job to hear you talk about yourself. And in doing it so long, I I mean, I can't help it at this point. I'll notice things they say and I'm like, "Ah, I got to stop you. And I have to stop them. Like it's, I can't even let them continue the sentence because that's when we want to start Re- rewiring it and, and, and thinking about it. So certain things, very, some of them very obvious and some of them maybe not so obvious where, you know, they could say like, I'm really bad at blah, blah, blah. I'm just not, what are you good at though? Cause like, if I'm really bad at keeping a schedule, you're really good at not keeping a schedule, <laughs> you know, like, and that's just a quick way to say it. So anytime you start a sentence with, I hate, I'm bad at, or I suck at, you know, um, is a, is a really big giveaway. Cause that's not conscious. That's complete subconscious. And if it's done so much to get into subconscious, it probably means that it's been festering for a while. And even things that seem lighthearted can turn into unknowingly these huge things that now I have to work on because it's kind of manifesting in all areas of my life. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So self-talk for me is a big one. Self-talk is a big one. And then, um, the first one I said, which was, which one? What did I say? <laughs> the first um, I don't know, because I was thinking of something that I was going to say next. Oh man. Well, point. it was good. Whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, the, just, just going above and beyond maybe too oh, much for people mm-hmm. overextending, yeah. probably spreading yourself too thin and, and spending your energy where you maybe shouldn't. And then the self-talk, that's how I notice, um, you know, and I'll also notice on the flip side, if somebody comes to me and they have really good self-talk, you know, um, usually I'm like, what are you here for? Cause it's the bulk of people that come to me usually need to work on worthiness and self-love to some extent. But, um, I, I definitely give, give them a, uh, I make sure they know that their self-talk is very, very healthy because it's not common. Is it for us to come across people in day-to-day life that have really good self-talk and, uh, really good thoughts about themselves. It's just not as common as I like it to be. 
Well, yeah, because we learn it from our parents and our grandparents and our teachers and our friends and like it however people talk to you is how you're going to learn to talk to yourself so we're people raising you up or not you know right and the biggest one the biggest offender I think that seems innocent but is a is is a villain okay is the belief that talking about your achievements is bragging like I can't I cannot say I can't handle it I can't deal it's so infuriating you know, where it's, it sounds like, you know, growing up, well, don't brag about yourself. Yeah. I'm with they you have no that. idea what they're doing to people when they say things seemingly innocent. Like I think if you're sitting here thinking that is talking, like so overrated, so overrated. And it's such a lie. The only, and we've talked about this before, Kelsey, the only reason people tell you not to brag is because you might make someone else feel a certain type of way about something you worked hard to accomplish. Like what? Right. I would say in a dysfunctional way, people are going to receive your accolades and your success and your confidence as a threat to their own, right. or meaning that there's less success for them to have, which is just a lack mentality that's not true. And best case scenario, you speaking your truth and recognizing your brilliance and speaking about your own greatness is going to inspire others like, oh, look at what she did. Maybe yeah. I can do that too. Or look at how much she owns her worth. Like, I want to do that too. So it's either going to inspire or like piss off people but it's not your job to regulate other people's feelings. Exactly. Codependent people out there. (laughs) Exactly. Well, right. And, and, and the reason that I bring it up is because I also want to be like, you know, I think it's obvious. I don't think I need to say this, but I probably do. Now I don't want people going around being like, guess what I did. What have you done? Like, that's so stupid. Like, don't do that. Well, because conceit is when you say, whatever about yourself with the sponsoring energy of and that makes me better than you yeah but if you take away that and that makes me better than you and it just and that makes me awesome has nothing to do with anybody else it's just you then that's a completely different thing that's not and that is what we're advocating for like I would never advocate for and I teach this to my kids too like should you talk about your accomplishments absolutely should you um, expect support? Maybe not, but you still get to talk about it. You should never, ever, ever assume that you're better than anyone because of anything you accomplish. You should just use it as an invitation maybe to allow others to do the same thing. We talk about you know giving that permission slip to do whatever the hell you want. And that's all we're about on the show and in our lives is you get to do what you want and you get to be proud of what you do. You just don't get to use it as ammo to make someone else feel bad. Attention, all ladies with periods. I have some information that is going to make your life way better and your period much more enjoyable. So I don't know if you guys have heard about Flex yet, but Flex is a company that is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. My personal favorite is the Flex Disc, which is a one-time use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. It's kind of like a hair tie with plastic attached to it to like catch the blood and it fits right inside of you so you don't even feel it once it goes in and it's really easy to put in really easy to remove it can be worn for up to 12 hours and holds as much as three super tampons so that's nice you don't have to change it out super often like you would with a tampon or a pad Um, it's not a cup it's unlike any other period product you've ever seen before like I said think hair tie very small 
and squishy. So it goes up there and it's really easy. You don't even notice. And it's the only product you can wear for mess-free period sex. Who doesn't love that? You are liberated. You can have sex on your period now with this product. So I can't recommend it enough. Also, they reduce waste by 60% compared to pads and tampons. So the planet will thank you too. And if you want to go zero waste, check out the Flex Cup, which is a reusable cup made with a bit of velvety soft material for a comfortable fit. If you've already thought about trying a menstrual cup, this is the one. Flex offers the only menstrual cup on the market with a pull tab, so you can remove it in the same way that you remove a tampon. It's so easy, you already know how to do it. Your Flex cup is 100% reusable and lasts for years, plus it's completely body safe and non-toxic. Yay for non-toxic. So say goodbye to leaks, mess, and stress, and say hello to healthier periods for people and the planet with Flex. Go to flexfits.com and use code VIBIN for 20% off your Flex Disc Starter Kit or 10% off your first Flex Cup, plus free U.S. shipping. That's code V-I-B-I-N at flexfits.com. That's F-L-E-X-fits.com. If they do feel bad, it's not your fault necessarily unless you're doing it on purpose, but I don't think anyone listening to us would be doing it on purpose. And people that are worried about bragging are the same people that would never, ever, ever use their accomplishments to make, to put someone down on purpose. So it's like, it's just such a backwards belief and it just drives me nuts to no end. I can't handle it. Yeah, like why are you like withholding your own light and shine from the world just to fit in? Like, mm, no, I'm not playing that game. (laughs) I was so overfitting in when I was in like sixth grade. Well, middle school is hard, man. I think really? we all are trying to fit in with our braces and our acne hormones oh and like having crushes on people and starting your period. That's like the worst time. Yeah, I was just over it. This is over it. I was so, I wasn't like antisocial, but I definitely just didn't subscribe to a certain group at all. And I had my friends and I very much like did not want to be around people who didn't want to be around me. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know. I was never goth. Like, I don't know. Who were you goth in high school? Who were you in middle school and high school? Mm, Were you the popular kid? I was popular, but I think I was also a little bit alternative. In high school, I had a red streak in my hair, but like on the underneath. Oh, snap. Mm -hmm. And every day I would dress and my my friends would say I'd have a different theme. So they'd be like, oh, today's like Gypsy Bohemian Kelsey or today's like Kelsey from the 50s. Like I didn't have like a defined style. Or like identity. I was just all over the place. Like one day I'd be like Gwen Stefani. The next day I'd be like freaking, I don't know, Esmeralda. (laughs) You and me are 10 years apart. So our high school and middle school experience is probably super different based on the styles. But I went to middle school and high school in the, the era of like the girls wearing the boxer shorts and the baggy jeans, like super baggy jeans and like the tight shirt on top. And so that's what I would wear. I had like the boxer line coming up above my jeans, like every, and that was like cool. And like the super belly bell bottoms that dragged in the dirt. Come on, ladies. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, like muddy ripped jeans on the bottom. Cause you had to walk on them all day. Um, and like the little, the double bun, you know what I mean? The pigtail the buns. Bun. I rocked a double bun. Did you? Yeah. Okay. When all I was right. younger Our pie charts are coming to, or was Not it like called in the Venn school, diagram? But- there's definitely a yearbook picture of me out there somewhere where I have double buns and a little gap in my middle teeth and I'm smiling with my double buns. And I was wearing a choker. I'd wear like a choker. Yep, every day I'd have the choker. Little. That was my thing. 
Yeah, we did the choker, the tons of bracelets. Oh my gosh. And the girls are doing that now, which is so weird. I know how my mom feels when we started wearing like flare jeans and she wore bell bottoms. She'd be like, that's what I wore. I'm like, whatever, mom, it's cool now. It wasn't cool then. <laughs> now I know yeah. what that feeling is. It's so weird. Trends are so that. weird. And speaking of trends, anyway. self-love is trending, which is why we are talking about it and clearing up the misconceptions so glad. and getting to the root of what it actually is. Because- you can do a Pinterest search and search for self-care and self-love and you'll get a million different ways to like yeah. take care of like your body. I feel like like go for a walk, take a bath, eat good foods. And that's all great, but that's just one little piece of the puzzle. I think there's much deeper healing to be done in the realm of self-love in yeah. order to not claim that you love yourself, but if you're really serious about it, like, it's going to take more than a bubble bath, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. the truth of the the nature of self-love so speaking of that I would say let's go into some practical exercises techniques daily things that people can do to elevate uh, their self-love game and practice loving themselves more because like anything else it's a muscle and the more you work it the stronger it gets the easier it becomes for you to lift that 30 pounds or whatever it is I don't I can't lift 30 pounds not with my arms but I can push a lot of weight with my legs which is pretty exciting and I would say my weightlifting routine at the gym is definitely a part of my self-lovery there you go see and that and I think the I'm not like an active person which is so disappointing because I got my 23 and me back and I have the muscle whatever it's called the type of muscle that builds very quickly Ooh. and so they're like you'd be great as a sprinter or a runner or like a and I'm just like I don't want to do any of that they wasted this they <laughs> god wasted this body on this brain I'm telling you <laughs> it's really great for making babies though super good at that <laughs> she is good at that she's so good she's at a that. three-time champion <laughs> three for three um so I would say the, I would love to, to go for like, uh-oh, hold on. My baby's coming in. Speaking of baby making skills, it's okay. My husband's on it. He just locked it from the outside. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think the best place is to go at the beginning. So if you're not at this mo- at this point on the, can we call it like a board game? And then like, if you're on the starting square versus like at the end, I think Kelsey would probably be like, probably toward Candyland Mountain. I and I'd probably be on like I don't know Candy Cane Lane like the first quarter of it. Anyway, well, if, you're good, if we weren't going to compare ourselves, but yes, I appreciate the analogy. You you've been working at it so much longer, you know, and I don't know that that makes you farther progress because again, it's it's so well, it just makes me more practiced. More practice. And that's that's what that's what reminded me. So it, that you were talking about how it's a muscle. Now, for a lot of us, we've been working out the you know, don't brag about your stuff and the self-deprecating. Well, I'm not really good at this. Like it's almost rewarded to talk that way about yourself, like, because it makes other people feel better. Well, if you so, didn't get rewarded doing it, you wouldn't yeah, keep doing it. There's exactly. always a payoff. No, totally. And so that muscle for us is probably a lot more uh, seasoned, a lot more worked out, a lot bigger. Whereas the self-love muscle, maybe it's okay to feel good about my stuff. Maybe it's okay to, you know, talk nice about myself that's probably not as it's probably very weak. So to get started, the best place I have found for myself is to acknowledge how you're feeling and 
explore it, acknowledge it, honor it, and explore why. Because we always say this on the show, but every feeling, every thought, every belief you have is trying to send you a message. It's all coming from love. It's all coming from wanting to take care of you. Despite what you think about yourself, you, your true self is always trying to take care of you. It is always coming from a place of love and nurturing and, and however that translates to you will make you feel a certain type of way. And so exploring that and going back to why you feel that way is such a good place to start in getting to know yourself. Because Kelsey, I think you'll agree with me. Once you truly know who you are, you cannot help but love yourself. Right. When you know the truth of you, because the truth is that you're already perfect and lovable and whole from the perspective of source or God or the creator or the universe, whatever you want to say. And that's That's actually something that I have a whole module on in my radical self-love course is like, how can I shift my perspective and see myself like through the eyes of source? Yeah. God, even though I know church teaches that God thinks you're horrible and you have to repent your sins and blah, blah, blah. The reality is that's not actually true. It's just God does not think you're horrible. And um, God doesn't think you're horrible. God actually created you perfect and awesome and totally lovable just the way you are. God doesn't create mistakes. I don't understand why people think this. God doesn't create trash. He doesn't create imperfection. God God only creates trash. (laughs) Well, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. I was like, God doesn't create trash. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Instagram yeah. for you. I don't know who posted it. But it was so good. It's like, great. it doesn't, all God creates is perfection. So what the hell, who are we to believe that we are anything less? Yeah. Who are God you created? to say that you're a sucky creation? <laughs> like the opposite of self-love. <laughs> Wait, who even are God. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to touch on what you said about the emotional aspect, because I think this is one of the biggest, most important most self-loving things you can do is to give yourself the time and the grace and the space to feel how you feel and to validate how you feel and to support yourself through how you feel. And if you feel good, um, the self-loving thing to do is to embrace that and really take it in and let it sink in and enjoy it for all that it's worth. And if you're in distress of some kind and you're feeling upset, the self-loving thing to do is to tend to that and create resolve and create healing. And the only way to do that is to really sit with it, give it love, breathe through the process. This is like a huge thing that I teach at my self-love retreats and my main like thing that I help people to do in my one-on-one coaching is processing your emotions in a healthy way where you're not hurting yourself and you're not hurting anyone else in the process. And that creates so much resiliency and freedom in your life. It's like, I would call it the emotional freedom technique if that wasn't already coined and that wasn't (laughs) something completely else that we've actually done a a podcast on. Um, But I want to call it that because I feel like it does free you emotionally to not judge how you feel, to validate how you feel, to explore why you feel that way, to get your needs met, to get resolved, to give yourself love, to give yourself compassion, to give yourself grace and time and presence. Really, mm-hmm. it's the unconditional presence with how you feel that is the self-loving aspect of it. So that's a huge part of my coaching and my retreats. And I think the number one thing that's helped me the most in my self-love journey is just learning how to feel how I feel without making it mean that I'm wrong or I'm bad or I'm yeah. always going to feel like this or this means something negative about me. Like, Literally, it just means that that's your inner experience right now. And it's for a valid reason. So just breathe through it. And I feel like 
something that needs to be said, which is sad, but it does need to be said is that I feel like you have to work so hard and go so far out of your way to be a bad person. So this fear of like, does this mean I'm bad? Like, no, do you know how hard you'd have to work to actually be a bad person? Think of all the things you would have to do to be a bad person at your core. All you are at your default is someone who's trying their best. That's it. Someone who's trying their best. And oh, by the way, is already perfect. So you really don't have to work that hard. You would have to work harder to be bad than you would to just let yourself be who you are, which is innately good and, and just trying their best and trying stuff. Well, it's kind of the trap of self-improvement because in the name, it already implies that you need improving. Yeah. That's right. why we like self-empowerment. It's kind of, kind of fucked up. Yeah. So self-help is also kind of like not super empowering because it's like, oh, yeah. I need help and only I can help myself. And I think there's some like shadow there too. But yeah, self-empowerment feels nice. Um, you know, self-lovery is a fun word. We um, just <laughs> we just said that today before the call because I think Kelsey found it on Instagram, self-lovery, hashtag self-lovery. And I was like, that is the cutest thing I've is heard it? in a long time. I really like that. And, and there's no one way that is the perfect way for everyone. There's, I, I, Kelsey, you said it perfectly, even like the self-help and self-development, they all have, not everything's going to feel right to everybody, but someone could read self-help and be like, yes, I feel great. I feel like this is, you know, what I need to do. So it's really personal. Most of everything you're going to be doing is personal and, and it's okay that what works for us doesn't work for you. It's okay that what works for you doesn't work for us. Like we are individuals and that's what makes us so great is that we can pick and choose. It's like a la carte you can take what you want and leave the rest. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's a huge part is the emotional aspect. Another really easy daily practice that you can start with. And I know I've taught this a couple of times on the show, but it's worth repeating is a simple practice where you just ask yourself the question, what would someone who loves themselves do? Mm -hmm. And whenever you go to make a decision, no matter how big, no matter how small, this could be like, should I quit my job big? Or like, should I eat a sandwich for lunch small? Like (laughs) it can range and answer any question, but you just tune in, take a little break, ask yourself, what would someone who loves themselves do? Or You can say, if I loved myself more, or if I loved myself fully, what would I do? And then do that thing. And if you just for one year live by that one question, your life will be totally transformed for the better. And this is something that we practice at my retreats and something I give to a lot of my clients is like homework is how many days in a row can you live by this question? Mm -hmm. Because it's tricky, you know? And you don't always think of it, you know, and well, and it's not always easy to do the answer that comes to you. Like, for example, in the job quitting analogy, if that's the most self-loving thing to do might not be the easiest thing or the answer that you want it to hear. But if it's your truth, then you just, it's so funny because when I, I say this to my clients sometimes, because it's, it's just so at this point, it's like inevitable but it's pretty common for like three four sessions in someone will be like so I did a thing what would you do I broke up with so-and-so or I filed for divorce or I quit my job and it's like once you can get on first of all I am always like 
almost like it's, well, it's not, do they think it's me? Like, do they think I'm doing something to them? But, but then on a deeper level, I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, once you be, once you become compatible with a certain vibration of self-love, everything outside of that will feel sharp. It will feel, you know, rugged. It will feel wrong. It will feel, I don't know what the word I'm like, abrasive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Harsh. It will just be, you'll know that it is not compatible with you any longer because you're riding at this higher vibration. Hypnosis does that. Uh, Kelsey's work does that. You know, the things that we teach people and the things that we do will teach you and show you how easy it can be to be in that higher vibration so that anything outside of that relationships, you know, people, places, jobs, anything just won't match anymore. And once it doesn't match, it will become so uncomfortable that, you know, so if you're afraid of real big change, don't the better. do this work. Don't do it. <laughs> Put it off. Don't do it. But Maybe the self-loving thing is to not right now. For now. Until, yeah. Because the thing I, with that question is like every day the answer is going to be different. One day the self-loving thing for me to do might be to actually like indulge in some TV and rest and not expect myself to work. Another day the self-loving thing might be to get a big project done, you know? Yep. So it's every moment's different. Every person it's different. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just trying to get you to go towards the feeling of relief or joy. Relief and joy are good maps to follow when you're on the self-love journey. This episode is sponsored by Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it is hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor and sit in line at the pharmacy for your meds, which is super annoying, until Apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it really easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately, and all your medications are delivered right to your home. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history, then just snap a few selfies to send to your dermatologist, and they'll get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. The best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. Apostrophe treats acne and they can also help you hit some other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. Yeah, I love Apostrophe. The signup is really quick. I actually have some rosacea in my family history, so it's kind of a concern of mine and my skin is 36 years old, so of course I'm going to be looking into my keeping my, my skin young. So you just answer some quick questions about what you're looking to to improve with your skin, what your skincare goals are, and uh, they give you a personalized plan. So I love the questionnaire. It's very simple and to the point. And it's nice to know that I have a real dermatologist and that my plan was tailored to me personally. And uh, yeah, very quick, very easy. And when you get your prescription, is it a prescription? Yeah, prescription, I guess you can call it in the mail. Um, unboxing is very easy. It comes with a little postcard and stickers and has your name right on the prescription bottle. So really cool, really personal. And right now you guys can get $15 off your first visit with board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash vibin. Use our code V-I-B-I-N. This code is only available to our listeners. And to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash vibin and click begin visit. Then use the code V-I-B-I-N at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash V-I-B-I-N. And again, use that code V-I-B-I-N to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. 
And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. Did we ever talk about the the uh, emotional guidance scale on the show yet? And I don't if not, think we've why? said it explicitly. Um, there's like a big chart of it in my book, actually, my first book, hashtag actually again. There's a whole page where I outlined the emotional guidance scale, yeah. and you know, how it's all I the way actually, at the bottom is fear and jealousy and blah, blah, blah. And then you go up into like boredom, and then you get into like more joy, excitement, love. I teach it in my in my membership. I just added it in. It's so good. It's a useful tool to recognize like which emotions are closest to each other so you don't expect yourself to jump from one end of yep. the scale to the other in five seconds. Like there's a yep. gradual progression that usually happens. And wherever you are, no matter where you are, you can at least move up one. So that's nice. Yeah, and it happens naturally when you accept where you are. That's the Mm -hmm. ironic part is like if you're in fear and you don't make it wrong to be in fear and you can breathe through the fear and sit with the fear and understand it and have compassion for it. A few moments of doing that. I feel better. Move right. I work with clients and they get like almost instantaneous relief, like something that they've been struggling with anxiety or depression for like years give me five minutes with them and they will feel something they have not felt in a long time. Like it is crazy how powerful the work of unconditional loving presence, just giving that to yourself and not making how you feel wrong can just transform things like in an instant. Yeah. That's why what we do is so powerful. Um, Props to us talking about how successful we are. (laughs) And how much we can help because it's all coming from a place of helping. Yeah. I get the people them results. I mean, what we do is self-love because if you look at everyone else as a part of yourself, when you're loving them, you're loving yourself. As long as, you know, you're not hurting yourself in the process of loving other people, like how we said before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, What other practices can we give the people today? We don't have to go into all of them all the time. I definitely want to give some resources at the end of this. So get your notepads out. But Let's pick maybe one or two practices that are really great. Um, I feel like, and we mentioned this earlier, people who love themselves stick to their boundaries and preferences. Yes. And we've done a they couple of podcasts. They say yes when they want to say no. Mm-hmm. They're really true to themselves. So, and the only way you can be true to yourself is when you know yourself, which is the hard. The way you can know yourself is when you want to discover and, and you, you have know, to have the courage to look at whatever comes up I think a lot of people don't want to know themselves because they're scared that's going to be bad but it never is bad it's always good like how you said if you're starting out there's probably an emotion or two that you're afraid of feeling and that is how you know that that's where you need to go it is your loving roadmap that's telling you where the work can be done and where you'll feel the biggest relief And that's okay because usually that resistance that you're feeling is the first thing that you need to be present with. Exactly. And then once you give some unconditional love to that resistance, that will slowly melt away. And then probably some other emotion that's unhealed will come up and then that will slowly melt away. And then before you know it, you'll just feel relaxed and be like, wow, I never felt so peaceful before. (laughs) Yeah. What happened to me? I'm a new person. Must be um, that episode of Lindsay and Kelsey's podcast. Right. It must have been that high vibe in it podcast. Five <laughs> stars all the way. Thanks everyone who's leaving reviews also. Side yes. Note. Wonderful. So boundaries and preferences, meaning if you prefer to go to the Maldives, 
as opposed to, you know, like Antarctica and someone's like, hey, which place do you want to go to? And you're like, oh, I'll go to Antarctica with you, but you don't actually like that. And then you're miserable the whole time because you knew then that would be an example of not. Why would anyone go to the Antarctica if they're not like a research scientist? (laughs) People go there for fun, Lindsay. I'm pretty sure you can't even go there unless you have like a degree. (laughs) Well, anyway, maybe it's not the best example ever. Alaska. Okay, yes. But I'm saying stick to your preferences, especially like in relationships. Like if you're starting to date someone and they are just not the type of person that you'd prefer to be with, don't settle. Self-loving people do not settle. I mean, they're realistic. Nobody's perfect, but I think that's being realistic is different than just altogether bulldozing your own boundaries and preferences and just settling for what you can get. Yeah. And, and the good way to know if you're settling or a good way to know if you're leaning on your boundaries is if I went this way, would I feel better? If I went this way, would I be miserable the whole time? Like, like if I, if I pick anchovies on this pizza because they like it, am I going to eat this pizza or am I just going <laughs> to feel bad? You know, if I date this person, that's not right for me. How long can I really do that? Is that sustainable? Am I going to be miserable the whole time? Am I going to, you know, and you'll know it's not yeah. worth it, girl or boy. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it, girl or boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. Okay. I'm going to give one last really big puzzle piece to some major self-lovery and that is what I call and what many therapists call parts work so we've talked a little bit about this on the show before I, I do parts therapy to, yeah it's doing parts work or some people will say working with your different aspects or personalities or whatever but basically this is a practice of getting to know all your different parts. So for example, my anxious part, my perfectionist part, my cheerleader part, my overachiever part, my nervous part, my sad part. Like we all have different parts of us because as life happens to us and we become traumatized and we develop coping mechanisms, our consciousness splits into different fractals. And the work which I would consider very self-loving is to bring all the parts back together to be like, this is me, this is me, this is me, own all of it, tend to all of it, understand all of it and give love to all your parts. And like I said, you don't have to like all of them or be super excited that they're a part of you, but reclaiming ownership of them. Because what we do is we suppress, deny and disown the parts of us that we feel are unacceptable or won't help us get ahead in life or don't get us connection. Um, And that is very damaging because to love something is to take it in as a part of yourself. So if you're disowning all of these parts of you, that's the exact opposite of loving yourself. You're saying, this is not me, this is not me, this is not me, this is not me. And then before you know it, you're so split and so fragmented and you have all these inner wars and inner battles and you can't figure out why you're not happy and what's wrong with me. And it's just a practice of reclaiming those parts, understanding how they became a part of you in the first place, what they're trying to help you to accomplish, um, the value they bring to the table, maybe their flawed beliefs, maybe what caused them to like, self-sabotage you there's so many different ways you can get to know your parts but what I like to do with one-on-one clients is I'll have them channel their parts or become or take on an aspect meaning like 
role play. So if I was going to be like anxious, Kelsey, I would like breathe and be like, okay, I'm just going to not be any of my other parts. I'm just only going to be anxious, Kelsey. And then already as I'm talking about this part, I'm like talking faster. I'm feeling my heartbeat more. Um, I like am kind of like not really focused on my thoughts. Like I'm a little bit confused. And when you go into the consciousness of an aspect, if you work with a good practitioner, they can ask the right questions. Like, for example, when did you become a part of Kelsey? What do you want for Kelsey in her life? How do you try to help her? Um, how are you feeling? What do you need from her? And you talk to this aspect as if it's another person because all your aspects have their own needs, wants, values, beliefs, and you basically love it like it's another person and you bring it closer to you by including it and caretaking it. And then you do that over and over with all your different parts. So it's a lifelong journey. And in my retreats, we do this fun exercise where we interview each other's parts. So I give everyone like questions and then be like, okay, I'm gonna channel this part for so-and-so and she's gonna ask me these questions and then journal for me. And it's so fascinating the personal truths that come up and the revelations that people have around oh this part isn't out to get me it's just trying to help me but it doesn't know how <laughs> and then you can even reassign parts you can end inner battles if you go into two different parts and get them to build a bridge and see eye to eye there is a whole another world to parts work which is why I think it's good and beneficial to have a facilitator at first um yeah what do you have to say about that, Lindsay? That was a lot. <laughs> it sounds like what I do. Sounds mm -hmm. like we have the exact same techniques, which is fantastic, except I do mine in hypnosis. I would say anyone thinking about doing this, please make sure you get somebody trained because like Kelsey or I, because it is very, it can be very, any time you're going into unknown territory with yourself, there is a there is a chance for it to open a can of worms that you might not be prepared for or whoever you pick might not be prepared for. So you want to make sure to, to pick somebody who knows what they're doing. Now, if you're listening to us, I'm hoping that you'll pick one of us, but, and you're not going to just be like, Hmm, who can do this? Could my best <laughs> friend do this? Could my, could my, you know, brother do this? You know, probably not. And, and you probably, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard, it's deep. And it's probably something that you'll remember forever. So um, yes, I do the same. I do exactly, almost exactly the same thing, but we do it in hypnosis. We get into the subconscious and we kind of figure out, um, you know, what's going on and ask the same questions, you know, not necessarily when it happened. Cause it's not, that's my baby. sorry, if you can hear that. It's not really important to me when it happened. I don't need to know what necessarily happened to help you as you are today. But if it's something that you'd like to know, we can go there. We can also ask, you know, what I usually ask is, um, what do you need to be released? You know, what is it that you need the most? What, talking to the part, you know, the, the anxious part of the event or whatever it might be, going back to the block. If it's a block, um, what do you need to be released? What it, What's the most important thing to you? And things like that to help get, like you said, major healing done in a very short amount of time. Um, and then once you once you get better at it, it might be easier for you to do it yourself and you know talk to those aspects of yourself. But uh, in the beginning, it is it is a little bit interesting to say the least, especially if you've never done anything like it before. 
Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of modalities, lots of different ways to help you get to know yourself and to, and to understand how and why you feel the way you do and to understand that it's all coming from a place of love and it, no matter where you are, you can always get better. And that's all we really want to do is help you get better at it. Yeah. You can do it on your own. Get better. You can always feel better. And the message that I want to say before we wrap this up and give you guys a ton of resources to keep diving further down the self-love rabbit hole is that you don't have to like love yourself a million and 10% to like consider yourself a self-loving person or to give yourself what you want or to enter into that relationship. Cause there's this big, like misguided message out there that you have to be so perfectly healed to like do what you want or manifest what you want or have that partner. And it's not true. It's always going to be a journey. You're always going to be unfolding and up leveling. So just give yourself the grace and the space and the time to do that from a place of compassion and non-judgment. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I feel like if we if we could get that idea in our brains early on, it would save us so much inner turmoil of like, you're never going to be done. Just knowing that is like, whew, okay, so there's not really a deadline. There's not no, really it's a not timeline a that I'm reaching for. It's just a practice yeah. like yoga. You get better every time you go to yoga and you try new poses, new poses. And, but they call it a yoga practice because there's no like end destination or goal. It's not like, oh, you won at yoga. yoga. (laughs) You're a winner. Good job. You passed the test. You win at yoga. (laughs) I love it. I also, I I do want to touch real quick before we go. Oh my gosh, this is going to be such a long episode, but um, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. We, we uh, didn't talk about inner child and I think that it goes Ooh, hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and again, along with parts therapy, I think well, that it's, it's like something that you, you should right? do. Your inner child it, is it, one of your parts. It is to some extent. Well, it depends. There's so many different theories and practices and techniques well, and modalities. Labels, so. Just labels. But I like to think of the inner child as, uh, yes, like a part of a part of you that we all have and we all ignore to the most part because all of our usually our trauma happens as when we're kids and so it's a it's a practice of separating yourself from that inner child but from a subconscious standpoint I say that all the time from a subconscious standpoint but from a hypnotherapy standpoint you develop your subconscious barrier you know the separation from your conscious to subconscious at about age seven eight nine so that's really when your subconscious formed so essentially, we are all just kids walking around in grown-up costumes. And when you can recognize that and know that when you're talking to yourself, that's who you're talking to. When you're hating on yourself, that's who you're hating on. That that child that just wants love and attention and whatever you didn't get as a kid, just maybe practice giving it more of that. It's just, it can be so simple. Close your eyes. Imagine giving your inner child a hug. Think of what you were wearing at that age and give a kid that looks like that a hug, you know, in your mind. It can be so healing and probably a little emotional, but- it is, it's, it's a pretty innocent way, you know, with a very low risk of causing more harm than good to just kind of get on board with that idea of, you know, you are, uh, you are in a, you're in a process and, and it never is going to be done. And this child just wants, just wants a hug. So it can go such a long way, you know? Hey, you guys, as always, we definitely want to let you know about one of our favorite sponsors, which is BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is an online 
place where you can go to have professional therapy and counseling at a really affordable rate. BetterHelp has you take a little quiz. They match you with someone who is going to specialize in your goals, whether that's working through your anxiety or your depression, or if you have a certain goal in mind, or you just want to feel better overall, or maybe I know I used BetterHelp when I was going through or healing from a breakup, I should say. And you can never have too many resources and too many like support systems in your corner. You just can't do it. You can't go wrong with that. So that's why we love to recommend BetterHelp, especially because during these crazy times, I think it's nice for everyone to have a therapist on their side, <laughs> help you work through things, process things. And in under 48 hours, you can be communicating with your new counselor or therapist after you get matched up from taking the little quiz. And everyone on there is really knowledgeable, really professional. And let's say you get matched up with someone who you don't love, you can always switch professionals, which is really cool. And another great benefit to BetterHelp is that Maybe in your area, you're limited to certain people who specialize in certain things, but BetterHelp is for people worldwide. So you're getting access to so many more resources than you could naturally have on your own in your city. So definitely check out BetterHelp. It is one of a kind and it is so helpful and very affordable. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit betterhelp.com slash vibin. That's better H-E-L-P.com slash V-I-B-I-N and join over the million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for our High Vibinant listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Vibin. Once again, betterhelp.com slash V-I-B-I-N. Yeah. I think some people cry just thinking about their inner child. (laughs) Yeah. Like at my retreat, sometimes I'll have people write letters to their inner child and say like, I'm sorry that I didn't take better care of you. And I'm going to now. And I recognize that, that you're so beautiful for being so cute and having all these interests. And I love you for this and that and this, and I promise to do better. And people get so emotional and it's so cute and awesome because like you said, we're all just like in these adult costumes, but at the end of the day, like we don't really grow up. And the more like emotional traumatization you have, you just get like stuck in that part of you. And you could like be a 12 year old in like a 32 year old body, which I have dated one of those before. And it is crazy to see. Um, yeah, well, and the usually inner child a lot work of your... is so beneficial. Yeah. A lot of the issues that you struggle with as adults are things that you didn't get as a kid. I mean, exactly. anyone can make this, this this connection. I'm I'm almost positive that 99% of people listening will be like, oh yeah, that's true for me too. Because it just is. That's how it happens. That's how it works. And so like, you know, on your retreat, you do a lot of this. In my programs, I do a lot of this. Like there is a way to help you, what is the word? Merge, merge the two. If they feel separate, you, the adult you and the child you, um, they're, they're never really separate, but it can feel that way. You know, just like no part of you is really separate. It just feels right. that way. And so bringing it all together so that it feels like one cohesive organism moving through earth, um, is just all we're trying to do. So exactly. Um, wholeness feels so good. Feels so good. So anyway. good. So, so yeah. many ways, so many ways mirror work, but that's extra. That's really hard. What is it? Done mirror work. Yeah. I sometimes assign it to my clients. Mirror work is very difficult. I can do it to some extent, but it is hard even for people who think they're awesome like I do. (laughs) You have to essentially look in the mirror into your own eyeballs and say, 
whatever it is you need to say. Like, I love you. I see you. I acknowledge you. I honor you. You're, you know, it's, it's a hard guys. It's really hard, but if you mm-hmm. can do it, it's also very, it's hard because it is powerful. Not to say that everything powerful is hard, but you know, it is that powerful to, to create a lot of progress very shortly. If you, if you can look into your own eyes and say, I love you. It's It's such a weird feeling, but it's so, it is so powerful. Yes. It's a profound experience. And even if you can't say, I love you, you can say like, I'm getting to know you you better. I see you. you. I feel you. Yeah. I'm falling in love with you. (laughs) Creepy. What are we on the bachelor? (laughs) Don't even myself started on you. the bachelor. Oh God. Okay. Before we go on that side tangent, which I don't want to go on at all, we want to give you guys Ever. some resources <laughs> to keep diving deep into your self-lovery and take it to the next level. And ultimately we just want everyone to feel better because we consider you all parts of ourselves. And yeah, sure, it's great if us, if me and Lindsay are happy, but that means all the other parts of us, aka everyone else, you know, they might not be there. And that's why we do this show is to try and help you guys and why we do the work that we do. So I'll speak to my resources and then Lindsay, you tell everyone where they can do this type of work with you and how they can work with you. But basically, the easiest place to start is a freebie that I have that has 21 self-love journal prompts, and it's on my website, which I will link to in the show notes. So that's a free resource. It'll give you a lot of good journal prompts to just do some self-reflection and open the door to more self-love in a totally, like, risk-free, no money down way where it just takes a little bit of time and effort and, you know, maybe a printer or you don't actually have to print the PDF. I guess you could just, you know, look at it and then write things in your journal. I would suggest using your hand and a pen and paper to write things instead of, you know, typing. Lindsay always says that's direct you like me, conscious. So you got to write it out with your hand. Oh, I'm so proud. Yes. Yes. And- use your handwriting, guys. You have no <laughs> idea how powerful that is. And then I would say the next level would be my self-love course called Radical Self-Love, which is only 300 bucks. It gives you a bunch of different practices where I teach you in video format and walk you through the process. There's inner child work, self-forgiveness, feeling your feelings, pretty much everything we talked about is in there. Um, And then next up from that would be like hiring me as a coach one-on-one to do this work where I help you with your specific blockages, issues, traumas, whatever it is. And then the ultimate most fun way to learn it, of course, is coming with me to my Radical Self-Love Retreat in Mexico, which is happening this October, 2021. And basically we spend a week in paradise to do this self-love work together in addition to having fun on the beach, getting vitamin D, eating delicious food, having girl time. And I think one of the most healing parts of the retreat is just being with like-minded women who have been through similar scenarios or are feeling similar feelings. And you just realize that you're not alone. And that in and of itself is like so healing and so fun to meet new people from all over. So you want to come learn some self-lovery in paradise with me. That will also be in the show notes. It's just kelseyaida.com slash retreat. It's your turn, Lindsay. I'm done. Well, I don't even know what to talk about after that. Let's see. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm a hypnotherapist. I don't have a beach, so whatever. But 
but I can help you create long lasting lifelong change in your subconscious, whether it's self-love, success, money blocks, uh, relationships, weight, body image. I mean, it all comes from self-love, let's be honest, but I got you. So the best ways, well, the most accessible I would think would be the membership, the monthly membership. I have dozens of audios in there. It's called the Align Your Mind membership. So you get full access to my full audio library, uh, bonus uh, bonus dealios. What am I trying to say? Content, <laughs> bonus dealio content every month. <laughs> uh, and I, like I said before, I just added the emotional guidance scale as one of the bonuses, but there's also inner, there's there's, oh my gosh, healing the child within. There's a ton of self-love stuff. There's releasing any uh, worthiness blockages. I mean, look through the library and just there you get everything. So uh, that's, that's one of them. And then the next step up would be my digital hypnotherapy program, which is awesome. And it's everything that everybody gets in my uh, one-on-one programs in the first month. So the first four sessions are identical. It's just not live. You get digital uh, content, digital audios that you get to keep homework in between sessions, just like with my one-on-one programs and uh, guidance and coaching from me again, just pre-recorded. And uh, yeah, that you could start today. And then my live programs, I have a little bit of a wait list. It's not quite as long as it was before. Thank goodness. Uh, my, my next date is like second week of June. So not that long, a couple months, but that is, that's all of it. You get all of me, you get all my knowledge, <laughs> you get to add, you know, that one-on-one conversation and the personalized work, depending on what you need with hypnosis. So, uh, two of the options are very much go at your own pace and kind of self-guided. And then the one-on-one program, um, as it says in the description is just, you know, you and me, let's figure it out. Let's get going and let's create that change in your subconscious. And I'm sorry, I don't have a beach, but I can hypnotize you to think you're on the beach. So that's something. (laughs) Well, the other thing I want to touch on is like pricing and budget, because there's this misconception that you have to be like a millionaire to like hire a coach or to go on a retreat. And it's just not true. Like the resources that we're giving you range from $0 to like 20 to $30 a month to a couple hundred to a couple thousand. Like we're not telling you to sell us your firstborn child. We're just trying to help you out, get you some lifelong results. And of course that's a super valuable thing. And we have pay plans for all of this. So hit us up if you guys want help, if you want to dive deeper, if you want to coach, if you want a hypnotherapist, I don't even really know what to call myself. I haven't found a good word yet because I don't feel like coach isn't like self-love coach. I'm not technically a therapist. Like, I don't know. Lindsay, what should I call myself? I don't know. We got to brainstorm. There's so many like hot button words out there now. Like, you know, self-love. I could be like a transformational guide. Or I don't yeah. know, because my I mean, work just involves so many different facets. And I don't like to say that I'm a life coach. Because when I think of no. life coach, I feel like someone who's like tells you what to do with your life. <laughs> like someone who gives <laughs> you advice. Like, what the- I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. Like, I'm kind no. of in the same boat because I've been, I, I am owning more of my intuitive side. Like my, I don't want to say psychic stuff, but a little bit, you know, I definitely, you Ask any of my clients, actually don't because it's confidential, but if you could, they would tell you all the crazy shit I just say. And they're like, wait, how did you know that? So I've started trying to call myself like an intuitive hypnotherapist, but that I might like sound that. really, do you? I don't know. It kind of sounds weird, but I don't think <laughs> it sounds weird. I think, it sounds I think we should have like a brainstorm session, figure out what we should call ourselves because there's the perfect word out there. We just got to find it. 
I feel like the only people who could really tell me what to call myself would be like my clients who have worked with me and they like yeah. have experience, you know? So I think I need to ask them. So if any of my clients changer. are listening to this, which I know a lot of you do, y'all need to let me know what I should be calling myself because <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> feel free to give me your input on what I should call myself, but I probably will just end up picking something myself anyway because I'm an Aries and I don't really like, I don't really go for other people's opinions. Not even my husband. It's true. Not even I'll ask him for his opinion and then he'll be like, why'd you he even doesn't take it? <laughs> Same with yep. Kelsey. I'll ask her for advice and then she'll be like, yep. why don't you listen? You just, why why did I even waste me? my breath giving that? I like the feedback. Piece I don't know. <laughs> you never know. If the perfect thing comes along, I'll just know. That's what I'll say. Is like, if the perfect thing comes along, we'll just have that knowing. You look like Selena Quintanilla right now. Tell me, you knew, you know who she is. You are a Latina. You know who she is, right? Selena, the singer? Yes, but the original, not the new one. Not the new one. Not the Selena Gomez. Selena oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Selena. Yes, yes. I love that movie. It's like one of my favorite movies and favorite singers. I know all her songs by heart, but I have no idea what they're saying. I just know the words. <laughs> that weird? They're all like sad love songs, mostly. They are. Or like happy love songs. All Latin music is about love sex and dancing sounds so like now you know all the sounds words. like all music in general <laughs> that's kind of true <laughs> anyway anyway you guys we'll let you off the hook here we love you and we want you to love yourself even more to the highest degree that you possibly can so hit us up for more help come to the retreat see Lindsay. All the things are available to you. The world is your oyster. So until we next love week. You until you love yourself. How about that? Yes. Until next week, go practice some self-lovery. Let us know how it goes. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode. If you love High Vibe in it, become a part of our Patreon family. You can support the show, see the extended version of this episode, get bonus content, and access exclusive discounts. Head over to patreon.com slash highvibe to join. We have tons of perks waiting there for you, and we're always hanging out in there, so we hope to see you inside. Please feel free to share the show and help us spread the high vibes far and wide. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you feel inspired to leave a review, we always appreciate it. See you next week.